104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Yep, that means we're going to sit around for the next hour and mash our taters and talk a little bit about sports. I'm joined, as always, by our namesake. Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you? Doing just great, thank you. Beautiful May Sunday and really? it's warm and that's what counts. It's but did warm. you sleep here? No. It was beautiful yesterday, but today we got some thunderstorms rolling in. They're not here yet, though. They're not here yet. It's not snowing. It's not cold, so that's good in your book. You bet. Jake Gillette is with us. Jake, how are you? Very good. It is nice outside, but yeah. you're all right. The rain is headed our way. Josh Roberts sitting in today, too. How are you, Josh? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Well-rested and ready to rock. So there's a developing sports story that we'll get to in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the NFL draft. Ned, how much did you watch? Let's start there. Well, Josh and I share the uh, same philosophical approach. When I saw (laughs) Trey Lance of North Dakota State drafted for the third round, I said, I've seen what I need to. That's the end of it. It's, uh, I will tell you, this is heresy, but... I find it to be exceedingly boring with uh, nothing more than 15 minutes of hype. This is the first round we're talking about that uh, doesn't really gain a whole lot. You could do something like this in an abbreviated amount of time, but it's not the way they have the thing marketed. So bingo, off it went. Really, Jake, how much did you, you spend with it? Not much. I was at the fire station most of the time. and But you'd think the biggest business in the world like the NFL could come up with something better than what they've been doing the last couple of years has been real boring. Like Ned said, you got people backstage, some kids there, some kids at home, some kids who knows where who knows where they're at. But it's I do not enjoy it anymore. I really don't. I look at my key things: well, who did the Chiefs to get, who did the Eagles get, and then I move on. And who who locally? You know, our local guys that we watch in the Missouri Valley. Did you uh, were you one of those guys at one time that sit down and just took in the whole thing, or? Have you have you ever been that way? Yes, and you know we always say, "Oh, back in the good old days." You know, (laughs) Um, I love watching the Jets boo Goodell or whatever the commissioner is. The Jets show up to boo, and that's about it. Um, But you know, back and I still do fantasy football a lot. But back when I had to get the newspapers out and really dive in and and do my point system that way, I did. I watched it from sunup to sundown and got as as much information as I could because it was helping myself my draft. Josh, what about you? I don't watch much of it. I agree with these guys. I think it's pretty boring. Although, did, did they have musical guests this year? Did they have I, musical I performances? There that, was to start out the event. Right, I don't know I who it was. Somebody but. performed to open the whole event. So, I mean, I, I give the NFL credit there. that That's trying to make it more exciting, I guess. But Isn't what it? I always do is I'll watch, like, the first few picks just to see who the first few are, and then I'll go back after it's done and look at who the Chiefs picked. Well, guys, just to keep in mind, this is not an NFL production. NFL is the focal point, obviously. Right. But it's an ESPN production. They're the ones who are going to have to work with it and come up with some kind of a new maneuver of some sort to make it a little bit more palatable. The first maneuver would be there is absolutely zero sense to having a 15-minute period to make your first choice. Everybody knows who the choices are going to be. Condense all of that and make it a little bit more palatable as far as viewers are concerned. We live in a time, an era in which everybody wants to know what's going on right now, if not beforehand. Right. Instant <laughs> gratification. Exactly. I think what they should do is, like, you, I agree with that. They should abbreviate the time between picks. And then if there's some situation that, like, if they're going to trade a pick or if they're going to do something 
with their pick that's different than just taking the person they want, uh, then they could get some extra time in that sense. You know, like they, it's it's not standard, but it's a, it's acceptable. If you're going to trade your pick, you get an extra five minutes or whatever. I, you know, I my two of my favorite things is the whole wide world, sports and film, and I I watched zero none of the NFL draft, and I watched none of the Oscars, and I think both of those both of those things can be condensed and made better for the time that we live in. There's no sense in the award shows running four or five hours long. There's no sense for the for the draft to be three days. Right. Well, it, it's yeah. based on it's based on television. Keep in mind, this all started when uh, the whole formulation of having the event on TV. I, we've talked about it many times when ESPN went to Roselle and said, can we televise your red? said, why? It's boring. People sitting around there, well, they... Managed to maneuver it into a palatable event, but now it is. It needs some tweaking if they're going to keep it on TV. And and yep. the same with the Oscars. Uh, it's way too. It's a show. Mm-hmm. It's a long show, and it needs to be condensed. The big story, of course, in the in the draft was the amount of quarterbacks taken. Uh, I think the most ever in the first round, eight, seven had been the the most prior to that, and that tied several years. And what was the number I saw? Twenty five. Was it 25 or 36? I can't remember the number of total quarterbacks taken. I don't know. But you it don't know, like, but it's a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of quarterbacks. And so the top pick, of course, was Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. Is that where he went? Yeah, yeah Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. He made a big donation right away to the city of Jacksonville to uh, pay the way. What do you guys think of that pick? I think it's a good one. He's he's top-notch quarterback. Is he the best You've got to have a line in front of you. You have to have to team a team that's going to be able to play. Jacksonville has not proven themselves, but he's uh, from a talent standpoint, he's perfectly good. The best, what what constitutes being the best? You win. That's what constitutes yeah, right. it. Jake, your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? Well, we knew that was where he was going. Uh, Urban Meyer made that move to go to the NFL, and he knew who he's getting, and he's going to really shape this kid up. I think he's going to be something special. The Jacksonville Jaguars do have a good offense, offensive team. They really do. DJ, DJ Chark is a great wide receiver. Um, they got that kid, and, and I'm, the name escapes me, the guy that just came out of nowhere, Robinson, the running back. Like, who knew this kid? Nobody drafted him. If James, you, James yeah, and so it's like all of a sudden he gets the starting job, and he is a fantastic uh, running back. Jake, you know where he's from? He's a Valley guy, Illinois State. There you go. Oh, mm-hmm. So you, I do think... With Urban, give him a couple of years. You can't expect something out of. I mean, Jacksonville's way down there. They got they got room to grow, obviously. So we'll see how they do. Josh, I think it's a good pick for them. I think uh, I'm going to be more curious to see if Urban Meyer can translate his type of coaching to the NFL because he was obviously one of the elite college coaches, but so was uh, my man at Alabama, and he was <laughs> terrible in the NFL. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think Urban Meyer is an intelligent man. He's had success at every school that he's coached, but that doesn't necessarily translate to the same in the NFL. You know, Josh, that's a very interesting point you bring up. Uh, Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz was uh, what New York Jets, and he couldn't make it through one season. Bobby Petrino with the Bears couldn't make it with the Atlanta Falcons. Saban. Uh, there, there are a number of circumstances. It's a different game, totally different game, oh, yeah. and a different different translation in what you're 
trying to articulate to your players because these players are all making probably more money than you are. Absolutely. <laughs> right. You're listening to Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show right here on 104.7 The Cave. We're talking about the NFL draft. I do want to interrupt for a second because we've got the Cardinals game on right now in the studio. And uh, is there anything more beautiful than the early inning look of a baseball field? I mean, it's just, they look gorgeous. I mean, yeah. it's, the grass is green and the line through there still, it just looks great. And the cards are tied. Yeah, exactly. Zero, zero. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, good, let's move on to the, the two and three pick because this is where it got a little bit interesting whether Zach Wilson or Trey Lance would go second or third. Your thoughts on... I guess the Jets went with Zach Wilson. We talked, and I, I, we'll get to you in a second, Jake, about this this question. But what do you think of those picks? Wilson had a great career at BYU, and the the fact that BYU has a history of producing top offensive QBs, I think, plays very much into the scheme of things. And the Jets are looking for somebody who will provide excitement. In the case of Trey Lance. He's going to have to have some work. Hey, he's a fine quarterback. He's a big kid. He's 6'4", probably 225, 230, somewhere around there. Runs the ball. He's very mobile. Runs the ball as well as passing it. But he isn't quite ready for the NFL yet, principally because he played FCS football and has only played in one game in one year. And that one game was last fall against Central Arkansas. That was it. He only had one full year at North Dakota State 2019. That was it. He didn't play all that much after that. He needs work, and I think probably they they changed. See, the 49ers can get away with that. The Jets can't. So the Jets want somebody to come in immediately. 49ers will work with this guy. Jake, we asked the last couple of weeks the following question, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Would you want to be drafted by the New York Jets? I was just thinking about that. It's a, it's a death sentence. <laughs> it, it, it really is um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's – it's sad to see these kids go there that had such a great career. Um, and then you go there and you've got nothing to build on. It's like, it's like playing in a football field full of quicksand because it's like your hands are tied, your feet are tied. You can't do anything right. you got the worst fans in the world. They're very passionate. I'm not saying they're terrible fans, but I'm saying, man, you got, for a kid that's coming straight out of college, he's 21, 22 years old. Um, we were talking about the coaches and why they're so good in the college because these college kids worship their coach. True. When they go to the NFL, those coaches are nobody to those big money-making machines. Right. And so you got these, you got the Jets who just have the worst drafts picks after worst draft picks. And no, I don't think that's the problem is I think the Jets, if they could find some a quarterback that has some tenure behind him to go there that can face the music. These kids, man, it's so hard these days. And, and just the kids these days. They're all hand-fed everything and given everything to them where when you go there and you're getting your butts handed to you instead of a trophy handed to you, man, the Jets is not a team where any any player should want to go to. That brings up an interesting point, what you said. We've discussed that we've felt that it was an organizational problem there, that the, the organization as a whole needs to be blown up, rebuilt from the ground up. Do you guys think that if they brought in somebody, I'm not saying that Andy Reid's going to leave and go there, but somebody with Andy Reid's cachet or somebody like a Bill Belichick, who could you think of that, as a coach that would go there that would get the player's attention? <laughs> well, who's the, who's the greatest coach of all time? <laughs> you know, you go to a John Heisman, perhaps, or somebody way back in the early part of the 20th century. 
coaches coaches can only so, go so far as to what kind of horses they have on the field. They have to do a revamping totally of their organizational philosophy and, and what they are trying to achieve. The New York Jets, like all the NFL teams, make money. Do they have to spend a lot of money? No, nope, because they're going to make it. There was a time when they were a, a powerhouse in the AFL. Like they won the Super Bowl in 69. They had um, Hess as uh, one of their owners, uh, Leonard Hess, I think his first name was, Amarato Hess, the oil, big oil company. They had Sonny Werblin as their owner at one time. These guys were dedicated. They wanted to win. It's, again, a matter of ownership uh, and what the owners have as their dictation into what they want that want the company approach to be. It, it, it all boils down to that. Bill Cower is a name that comes to mind. As a coach? Yeah. But oh, he's yeah. only going to succeed as, if he has the talent. He's to got do the it. cachet, though, to walk in there and say, you know, you need to listen to me. You yeah, know well, how far That's that true. goes, Joe? <laughs> yeah. You, we do? See you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, you, but you know that in, in some organizations, the, the coach is still. The God, he's still the, the one sure in some. some. And, and you have to get the right person. You have to find the right person that's going to be. And Andy, Andy Reid's one of those people. And Bill Belichick, I don't know who else I could think of that's, that's currently well, I'm coaching. going to give you an example of, of how that works. When Lombardi took over the Green Bay Packers in the late 50s, they were god-awful. Yeah. But, but it's a community-owned team. And the, the whole organization, the appointed board of directors said, we really want to win. I said, all right, you listen to me and we'll do it that way. Got the players in. Look, in a very brief amount of time, they were up there challenging, playing for an NFL championship in 60, and the rest is history. Well, that's what you need. The dictating organization won and the coach to back that dictation. And that doesn't necessarily exist in this era. No, it's very true. And I think Ned spoke to this too, the fact that the franchise still makes money is placating to the ownership. They're like, well, we didn't win a championship. We're not that good, but we still turned a profit this year. So do we want to have this outlay of money that makes us maybe not turn a profit in the hopes of creating a team that's winning? And I think that's that. I, I feel like that was the problem with the Chicago Cubs for years. Cubs are a popular team. Team makes money. Owners are like, and eh, we're doing fine. Who cares if we win a World Series or not? Yep. And it took new a new attitude for that team to put that talent together to win. And I think you're, you guys have all spoken to it. That's what it's going to take for the Jets. They need a whole new group of people who are dedicated to winning, and the money comes from that winning. You're looking at another one right here, the team wearing the black and gold, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm -hmm. Same thing. You, if you get an ownership that really is focused on winning and being a viable part of the league, fine. But if you're interested in one that's just going to make money and get by because of TV money, <laughs> yeah. we'll sit back and enjoy. Well, I don't. I I think the Pirates need new ownership, but they they compete every few years. I think they kind of have tried to operate under the Tampa Bay model, but that's so difficult to do. Tampa well, Bay is, except Joe, the Tampa Bay has an organization. They yep. just don't draw any crowds. That's yeah. their problem. Well, they but play their organization a, is dedicated to winning. They play in a toilet. That is, the that is the reason why they don't draw any crowds. Let's talk about the NFL draft from the Chiefs' perspective and um, and see what your thoughts were, Ned. 
Well, the kid they got from Mizzou, he's a solid ball player, all SEC, SEC, what, defensive player of the year. The center that they got from Oklahoma is a very good pick. He was one of the top SEC, or top Big 12, I should say, offensive linemen, one of the top offensive linemen in the country. The other guys, I must admit, I don't know too much about. But uh, those two are going to be probably contributors to the depth of the team more than anything else at the very start. But who knows how kids develop? They're all solid players uh, coming out of good colleges. Jake? Uh, we all know the issues with the Chiefs' run game. So picking that kid up from Mizzou in the linebacker position, I'm hoping he can fill those holes. I know he's just one man. But, you know, you get a kid in there that can be a leader. That's all you really need. Um, they're very limited on their picks. They only had, what, five? Six. Five or six. six. Yeah. And so I give them a B plus uh, for what they did have, what they were limited with. But uh, the most thing that I was surprised by, and what I'm, we have a really good offensive line now, and that's what we needed. And the, the offseason, they did a lot of trading. They picked up some guys, um, that uh, Brown kid is just going to come in and, you know, protect Mahomes' blind side. So that's, they did some awesome things in the offseason. And they did okay in the draft. Josh? I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with uh, what they did, especially when you take into account, like what Jake said, the, uh, the, the free agency and trade stuff that they did. They need, they, it looks, when you look at the positions that they drafted, those were positions that they needed to, to have help in, whether it's depth or on the field. Uh, I think that the guy from Mizzou is going to be a uh, good player and help them shut down the run. They picked up another defensive guy, too, in one of the later rounds, didn't they? Joshua, and I'm sorry, Kendoa from Florida, Florida State, State. Yeah. defensive end. Um, their picks were Nick Bolton. He's an inside linebacker from Mizzou. Uh, Creed Humphrey, a center from Oklahoma. Uh, Joshua, the defensive end from Florida. A tight end, Noah Gray from Duke. Cornell Powell for a wide receiver from Clemson. And Trey Smith, an offensive guard. Uh, from Tennessee. Yeah, the only one that, that I was talking to Ned about that doesn't really make sense to me is a tight end. But, I, I mean, in a way, I get it. They're they're trying to plan to have some depth because Kelsey is Kelsey. He plays at a high level, and he's in his early 30s. And, you know, you never know when a player like that's going to have some injuries they have to deal with. But that's the only one I'm like, eh, they probably could have gotten somebody better in that spot. But who knows? We'll see. You said, uh, B, you said B plus. Yeah, I did. What do you think? What's your grade? Oh, I think I'd give them just a, a straight B, you know. I mean, I think they did good. It, I'm so used to – I remember all these past years of being so disappointed in the Chiefs <laughs> draft picks. I'm happy that they picked what they felt they needed. I would give them and, – and, again, we're we're using a circumstance now that doesn't really exist. But considering Orlando Brown to be a draft choice, I'd give them an A-. minus Without him included, since he's really not a draftee, uh, I would give them a B the same as you are. We'll go more over the draft. We'll talk about our favorite draft moments. We've got a developing story in sports that we'll talk about next right here on Ned Talk. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. (laughs) A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. I love doing these shows live because we get a chance to talk about developing stories. There's two going on right now. Let's start with the more... I guess eminent one, and uh, Josh will be our expert on that with what's going on in the world of football. So, you know, last week we talked about the Super League and its failure and how there was going to be some fallout from it. 
Well, here's part of the fallout. So the Manchester United fans uh, had been protesting for the removal of their ownership, the Glazer family, ever since this. Because the Glazer that's involved with the team had been uh, picked to be the vice co-chairman of the Super League. And so since that all fell apart, the fans are not happy. So they've been protesting outside the training grounds. But this morning they were protesting outside the team hotel. They walked from the team hotel down to Old Trafford to the stadium. They kicked in the fences and they got out on the field. So they had to postpone the Liverpool-Man United game because the fans are protesting on the field. And as far as I know, it's still happening. I haven't seen an update that they've cleared it out or anything. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's what they're protesting. They want the Glazer family to relinquish their ownership or sell their ownership because they're not happy with the whole way that things are going. They turned the sprinklers on the fans. <laughs> oh, wow. They that, did. That's that was, not going to do That's one of the things that they did to do that. I, people talk about NFL fans being the most passionate in the world. I got to say that soccer fans in Europe beat them hands down. Yeah, sometimes to a dangerous degree. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, I've we've seen it in the past and in places in South America where somebody will do something negative in a in a soccer match and he they will be threats there's actually a couple mm-hmm. incidents where people have been killed yeah because of this but yeah, there was a in the world cup there was a colombian player that scored an own goal meaning he accidentally scored on his own team and so the colombia got they lost and were out of the world cup and when he got back to colombia someone walked up to him in his car and killed him shot him yep. because of that yeah. So yeah, it's 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 weird sometimes. Jake fell asleep while we were talking about this. Yeah, I see and, that. And Ned's nodding yeah, off. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the World Cup next year. Have you yeah, have you ever, guys have you ever seen anything like this in in sports where it was ab- about ownership like this? Not in this country, no. Uh, that I can remember where there's been a, a protest. The the protest in this country is fans staying away. Not necessarily tearing down the stadium. Uh, you might elaborate just a little bit on Glazier. He owns a National Football League team as yes, well. Yes, he is also the owner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. and that family figures into this. So, and and he's not the only one. There's other NFL owners and other American owners who do have uh, uh, ties into the the British Soccer League or the European Soccer Leagues, yeah. for that matter. Mm-hmm. But in terms of fans storming the gates and protests of ownership, no, I don't think I can remember anything like that. Maybe the Jets fans should watch this and take I mean, take it like a cue. Yeah, it's from more, this. more of a boycott of the team than anything else. Yeah, when they, when they don't show up, when the economy is not there, then you know you have to make changes, and that's what we talked about here. Because while the economy may not be as good as it can be, they're still making money from TV and all of the ancillary rights that come into pro sports. Well, it's an interesting story to follow. Uh, what's going on in the world of sports with that? There's Stuff about it all over the media that's going on today. Let's talk about the other developing story, and it's another NFL story, and it just happened before the draft where Aaron Rodgers has said that he does not want to return to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> now, Ned laughs at this, and you think you think that there's no way he leaves. I can't see how it can be. Uh, number one, he's under contract to the Packers, and it's a lot of money under contract until I think 2003, if I'm not mistaken. And that was a $64 million four-year contract that he signed. So if he's traded, you have to trade the contract as well. 
If he's dropped, well, he's still under contract. The Packers have to pay the remaining part of that contract unless he resigns. And then there are stipulations that go into whatever the case might be. I can't see him leaving Green Bay. I think there's probably much more to it than we realize and much more than what they're saying. And uh, I, I would be very surprised if he's not wearing the Packer green and gold. Jake? I'm with Ned on this one. Um, it takes a lot for someone just not to show up. It's happened before, but not on this level. Not with the reigning MVP. He won the MVP last year. Um, someone asked me, someone goes, well, don't you, do you blame him for doing this? He has no weapons. I'm like, uh, Devontae Adams, number one wide receiver. He's a top five running back with Aaron Jones. So, no. He has what he needs. And I, I know he's kind of still ticked off about the Jordan Love pick. Um, you know, he felt like the the organization didn't clear that through him. But at the same time, like, you just came out and sh- and basically flipped the bird to everybody and says, <laughs> look who you still have. I'm 36 years old, and I can win the MVP. But you didn't take him to the Super Bowl. You know, you, you dropped a big egg against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home and basically pulled a typical Aaron Rodgers-style postseason where you just he's a, he's a choke artist. He's won one Super Bowl. I'm happy. It's been a long time ago. But it's like, what have you done since? You know, they've given you what you've gotten. I, I think they have given him what they need to win. But he just, when it comes to the big games, he he doesn't make it happen anymore. Josh, your thoughts? I kind of have mixed feelings about this. I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers wants to go be the host of Jeopardy. <laughs> and so that's this is all part of the ploy for him to try to push for that job. But I don't know. I, I agree with Jake. He's got plenty of weapons. That's a good team. The Packers are competitive every year. They just haven't gotten over the hump in the last few years. I don't necessarily think it's him. But, you know, it's a team game. So, you know, he's the, he's the leader. Uh, it is weird. The timing is weird. The... The whole thing is weird to me because, like Ned said, he's got such a big contract. It's going to create such a mess for the Packers. And then the Packers, to me, since they are a community-owned team, you are kind of thumbing your nose at the fan base by even saying something like this. I mean, he has an opportunity to play his entire career with that great organization. He's a Hall of Famer, and they'll love him forever. But if he leaves in the way that this looks like it might play out, they'll hate him forever. I feel. Let me ask you guys this because I don't get it. I, I kind of get the allure that it's a community-owned team and that you know there's this rich Green Bay history, but there's just this kind of almost outpouring of love towards the Packers and their quarterbacks. And you look at to me, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, are the same person. I mean, they're the same quarterback. It's like, oh, look how great Aaron Rodgers is. Look how great Brett Favre is. And they won each won one Super Bowl. And then after that, it was like, eh, it's okay. You know, it's kind of happy to happy to be there. So I, uh, I don't I don't get it personally. Joe, they're a tradition steeped organization, the oldest in the NFL, along with the Chicago Bears. And you do date back to days when they had. Uh, how about Bart Starr yeah. and Lamar McCann and people of this caliber who really were solid quarterbacks back in the championship era? And keep in mind, they went through a downtime in the 1950s when they were not a strong team, but. Over and above all that, the fact that it's one of the oldest in the NFL, 
if not the oldest, along with the Bears, who were the, the you know, I've forgotten the name of their original organization, but the lower lower state Illinois team that came up there and became the Bears anyway, whatever it was. Uh, these these are tradition steep teams, and the the audience buys into that even in a new era. Tradition means an awful lot in sports, and the Packers are tradition. Jake, your thought? I'm I'm exactly what he said. I don't think that there is so much writing on this team right now. They have what they need, and for him to do that, Josh said it best. If he leaves on bad terms, they're going to be like, <laughs> who, who, like Aaron Rodgers, who? Um, and we'll talk about. He's one that he he is one of my most memorable in, um, drafts. If you guys remember, he's always had a chip on his shoulder. If you, let's yeah. not. Let's just go back to let's, let's uncover the dust here. He's got a chip on his shoulder about his family. He doesn't talk to him. He's never had a true relationship with a girl until recently. He's got some major head issues. And then you throw this into it with the fans and his team that he was drafted by. Yeah, he had to wait his turn, but he's always had this chip on his shoulder like he's owed everything. And he's done good things for the Green Bay Packers. Let's not get it. He's done great things. Oh, yeah. But I think outside of the 16-game realm or from August to, you know, from February to August, what does he do for the Green Bay Packers? Josh, your thoughts? I don't know that there's anything to add to that. I mean, you know, I, it's 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 just a weird situation. I hope that he calms down and realizes this is his best bet. It, you know, stick it out. He's only got a few more, few years left. Maybe. I mean, what is what do you say, Ned? Is he thirty seven? Thirty seven, I believe, is what he is. And yeah, your yeah. time's limited. Yeah, I, I I'll take a different point. It, it, I think it goes back to kind of what Jake said that he's got a chip on his shoulder and and he's a guy that obviously when he decides that it's over, it's over for him. And so maybe this is his, you know, what if you guys want to draft a quarterback? And we saw Tom Brady do this a lot. And the and the Packer and the Patriots placated to Tom Brady when Garofalo came on and he looked like, well, this guy might be the heir apparent. See got, ya. Yeah, see ya. He was <laughs> yeah. he was gone very quickly. Yeah. And you know, it turns out that he wasn't going to be the heir apparent. But I, I kind of see maybe this this unfolding. It'd be interesting to see. Um because obviously the one team that, you know, if you said any quarterback, any quarterback's name was available, the Raiders are, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can, can, can I get to that? Can I see? Because John Gruden loves quarterbacks. So can you see, I mean, a possibility. Derek Carr, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Raiders. No, I, I can't. Because Rodgers has established his legacy there in Green Bay. Uh, he may have snubbed the fans a little bit, but he still won. And while they didn't get to the champion the Super Bowl, they did get to the championships and things of that nature. Uh, there's still a long, long, long way to go in my but opinion. Did you, but could you have seen Brett Favre playing for the Jets or for the Vikings? Because of his ego, yes. Well, you're dealing with another ego here. Yeah, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has that same ego. He for may. Sure. He may. Yeah. But I'll be a little surprised if he doesn't go out as a Packer. Yeah. Be interesting to follow. We'll keep up with it. We've got a roundtable discussion coming up next. It is about draft memories. Stick around for Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. 
Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. I think we've stuffed, stumped Ned, not stuffed him. Well, we're going to say that for a few years. We'll have a stuffed Ned Reynolds here. But we stumped him because we are, we're talking about draft memories from the days when we used to watch the draft or the days that they... If something interesting would happen, there, you know, I think part of the boring part of the draft now is it's pretty homogenized, except for, you know, what's this guy going to wear? What's he What's he looking like? Where was he? They talk about where their suits were made at, what their shoes are. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. But we want to talk about draft memories. I'm not going to start with Ned. No, you can. You can start with me because I'm going to tell you what it is. It's oh, nothing? Draft memory. No. Okay. No, but it does not involve an individual or individual players as such. Now, keep in mind, I was I joined KY3 in 67, and it would have been about 19, I'm going to say 83 or 84, 85. I don't remember exactly what year it was. But before they put this thing on TV, we would go down, we and my staff, and we would look at the teletype machines on the day, or and it was two days of the draft, and watch them as they'd come over round by round, say, hey, look, look, the Chiefs got this, or the Philadelphia Eagles got that, or whatever the case might be. That is what I remember. As far as individuals are concerned, couldn't give a blast because I think the whole thing is boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jake, you've got a good one, so let's, let's hear from you. So it was 1998. Um, Ricky Williams was the best running back coming out of college. He played for Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought he'd go number one or number two. The Eagles needed a running back. However... Andy Reid and Jeff Laurie picked Dominic McNabb. And Philadelphia burnt the city to the ground. They booed him off the stage. And if you look at it, though, Ned, and I know you're an Eagles guy, like five conference champions, one Super Bowl appearance, I don't think they do that with Ricky Williams. I really don't. Well, when Williams came in there, or Williams was available for the draft, he was a great All-America at Texas. I mean, great running back indeed. McNabb, Syracuse, you know, is that the same level of football as Texas? No. But I think Andy Reid saw the possibilities of a McNabb there, and it turned out to be the case. What did Ricky Williams ever do? Well, was at the Miami Dolphins and uh, had a fair career. But fact of the matter remains, no, I, I do recall that incident going on. Yes, and what was funny is that the Saints who drafted, yeah, Ricky did play for the Dolphins, but the Saints who drafted him gave up every pick for the rest of that draft. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> to, to move up, to pick him up. It was insane. And then Ricky turns out to be okay. He was he was not a great running back. No, I know he had just substance abuse he problems. Did. He big time. I don't big think time. it's so much substance abuse. It's just he enjoyed his recreational cannabis cannabis off the field Correct at the me time. If I'm wrong, but is that not a substance? Well, I mean, I don't. <laughs> Air is a substance, Ned. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I don't know that he was abusing it. I think it was just more or less that he. He's breaking some rules. He was breaking some rules. Yeah, how about he that? He got caught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when he, went on, he hard... went on a, a, a sabbatical? He, he left the he country. Yeah. yeah. And was doing it every day because he knew he, you know, he had that big suspension by the NFL. So he's like, well, fine, I'll just go do my thing for a while. Yeah, there, I remember the, the the famous scene of him sitting on on the bench in the cold day and acting like he was he was smoking. <laughs> I remember that, just kind of flipping his thumb at the NFL because I, I guess he got his money. So that's all that he. But you know, Ricky Williams. 
Yeah. Was he mentioned any time before today? Probably in the last year while. or so? <laughs> no. No. Did he win the Heisman Trophy? I, I, I believe think he, he did. did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what about could, he may be in those Heisman Trophy commercials. What about you? What about you, Josh? There's a couple of things that come to mind involving the draft and draft picks. The first one for me is when Eli Manning refused to play for the Yeah. What was it? The Chargers. Chargers, yeah. Demanded he was drafted by the Chargers but demanded to be traded and they did. They traded him. So uh, that's kind of weird to me because that happened with John Elway too, right? Yeah. Yes. He's going to play baseball. Play. He's going to play baseball. Yeah. And so uh, that's a very odd occurrence. So that those stand out in my mind. But then the other one, because this kind of reminded me of this when you guys were talking about trading draft picks. The year that the uh, Minnesota Vikings gave 12 draft picks for um, Herschel Walker to the from, the, from the Cowboys, which created the Cowboys dynasty. Because that the draft picks they got were how they got Aikman and and Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin and all of those people, and then two years later, Herschel Walker's back at the Cowboys. Yeah, so way to go, Vikings! You totally screwed yourselves for years by doing that. Didn't Dicka start that with when he traded everybody to get who was it that he well, that got? Was, that was Ricky Williams. That Ricky was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, because Ditka was the New it Orleans was. coach, but that was after. Yeah, he. That was he, after the Cowboys had done it. He lit the big cigar and was yep. very, very pleased with himself that he got the he got the <laughs> one guy, the yeah. one guy that he wanted that was going to make the difference. I think for me, a couple of things stand out. Just always the controversy of who's going to be the number one or the number two pick yeah. in the draft. And I always go back to the uh, the Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Just thinking about that, and thinking about you. Know, oh, you know, you you've got one guy. You, either one of these guys, you're going to be successful with. Pick your yeah. It's a fifty fifty at the time. Yeah, at the time, and then you look at it. Just Ryan Leaf imploded. Just you know, you see sad stories like that in the sure. NFL all the time. I mean, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. The Raiders picked well Schleister, Ohio State. Yeah, Schleister, Arch Schleister. The the guy the Raiders picked. Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell just fat load. No, and it's been that way for the Raiders forever. But yeah. They had the worst draft this year, and it's like, they, can they match the worst draft year after year? You just wondered about the Raiders. Uh, they make, you know, going back to that Eli Manning, remember him holding that, jer- that jersey out? Like, he was holding a baby with a dirty diaper. Like, uh-huh. as far away from his body as possible, and he's looking at his dad like, Dad, you said this wasn't going to happen. Archie's over there, like, on the phone. Like, it was insane. I remember that. Like, yeah. it was yesterday. Yeah. It was great. I remember all that. I remember when Earl Campbell got drafted too and what a difference what a difference maker one player sometimes one player can be a difference maker in an NFL draft but you already have to have things around but Earl Campbell was uh, you know while he didn't have as great a NFL career as he had a college career what a great player he was and how big a draft pick that was for him one of my favorite stories of him is when he was playing for Texas and he he ran out of bounds and he hit their mascot the longhorn <laughs> and the longhorn staggered when earl campbell hit him <laughs> these are large large yes. pieces of beef large animal <laughs> and earl campbell hit this thing full on and the thing staggered and they're like whoa and earl campbell just turned around and walked off <laughs> he was yeah. uh, he was something special the uh, the rose could he was a, a motivated runner and big and strong now that doesn't always necessarily translate into star running backs because marcus dupree of oklahoma also fit that same bill may not have been quite as big but uh, he never made it 
course, yeah. he had the knee injuries too. But you had uh, uh, Tyler Rose, who uh, was he, he was something special. And now look at him, gracious sakes alive! He took such a beating in there that he's uh, reduced to having spend his life in a wheelchair. Mm, you know, such, such a sad thing, or such a different thing for us, because uh, at the time that most of us, Ned, you were working covering sports, and when we were younger, it was who's going to be the running back taken. Right. Who's the running back? That was the big thing in the NFL, mm-hmm. and that you don't see that anymore because that's considered a disposable position now. In a sense, that's right because uh, of the of the lifespan of a running back in the NFL. It is very limited. You're only there for probably about four years. It's the offensive and defensive key in, uh, individuals, mostly on the line, because those guys can be around for a while. They're big. They're hostile, most of them, and they are really the key instrument to any team having success. So, yeah, I think the philosophy's changed a little bit. Oh, I think it's changed a lot. Who's the last impact running back that got taken? For me, it's going to be McCafferty. And he is still an impact running back. Uh, Yeah, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Henry. yeah. Trent, Trent Richardson, is he still even playing? I don't know. Dude, I don't think so. Mark Ingram. I can name all these Alabama running backs that got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> Ingram's still playing, isn't Ingram he? Ingram is still yeah. playing. Oh, East Tennessee Titans, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's had a decent career. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's a different game now. Oh, totally, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's pass first, run second. Right. Those, those guys that all played for Alabama, Alabama in that era, that's why they were pumping those guys out into the draft because they were run dominant, you know, they stopped you on defense. They ran the ball down your throat, and by the fourth quarter, your defensive line couldn't stop them doing anything. How that's did, why Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson and and all those guys got such high draft picks. And and I'm going to add to in this year's draft, I like Jones going to the Patriots. I think that's a brilliant move. Uh, the guy is he's a Tom Brady waiting to happen, in my opinion. Could really, be, yeah. that's that's a big that's a big statement right there. Tom Brady waiting to happen. You really think so? I do. The guy is, he is a smooth, intelligent, he is a pocket passer and not uh, not a scrambler at all. But with the type of op- uh, offense that uh, Belichick operates under, I think he fits the mold perfectly. Real quick, guys, I wanted to get your impression of, uh, of Justin Fields, Ohio State, going number 11 to Chicago. Now, Chicago has obviously a quarterback issue. But Ohio State doesn't have a great track record of producing quarterbacks. So your thoughts? Well, he has a lot of ability. And he showed it in the playoff games. Uh, the guy can move. He can throw. Hey, what, what do the Bears have to lose? Bring nothing, him on. Nothing at this point, Jake. Uh, man, we were just talking about these uh, historic franchises earlier, and you throw the Bears out, Josh. I Again, that's another team that you just – you go there to kind of play some football, but you're just irrelevant. Yeah. For being a centralized football program in Chicago, a gigantic city with all those sports fans, and to be that bad. Like, Matt Nagy's just a terrible coach. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he is. So you can draft whoever you want, but they just can't figure it out, man. You you picked up Mitch Trubisky. Like, think about what they've done the last several years. So maybe this is the kid that's going to come in and turn it around for him. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think... Uh, I was reading about him because, you know, I don't like Ohio State. So um, the what, yeah, Ohio the, State, whatever <laughs> uh, I 
from what they're saying, the only reason he was that he dropped as low as he did in the draft was because he has epilepsy. Oh. And so that is something that he's dealt with, and it just became more of a public issue right before the draft. Obviously, it didn't affect his college career, and I feel like it won't affect his professional career either, but that's I, they said that, that they can't officially say that that's what hurt his draft status, but they kind of think it might be because otherwise they uh, most of the prognosticators had him being like a top five pick. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Another irrelevant team to think about, Detroit Dr. Lions. Yeah, the Detroit Lions. Where yeah. are they? Yeah, where are you? Joe DiMaggio on the Detroit Lions. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wrap up the show in just a minute. We'll talk about what we're going to watch this afternoon. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Draft is over. We can relax for a few months until OTAs start. Start getting ready for some football again. We'll be taking in some baseball. I'm going to go home and watch some baseball this afternoon. Ned, what are you going to do? I'll probably not watch baseball this afternoon, but I will watch a little football tonight because the uh, FCS playoffs are all tonight, and there are three Missouri Valley Conference teams in there, and I think two of them, and maybe three, because two of them play each other, maybe on TV, and I want to see uh, necessarily Southern Illinois, South Dakota State, and North Dakota State, and Sam Houston, and North Dakota is playing James Madison. These are really good, solid football games in the FCS. I want to see how the Valley makes out. I wanted to ask you, did you watch the Kentucky Derby yesterday? A little bit of it, yeah. I said, well, a little that's bit. all it runs for two minutes. That's all there is, a little bit of it. I was going to say, did you get up and walk out after the first minute? <laughs> well, <or>? Almost, almost. <laughs> after the first turn, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, that and the, I, I I get the allure of the Masters because it's such a spring event. But when I watch the Kentucky Derby, all I think is rich people problems. That's all that I think. Oh, yeah. oh my. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. I've never been. I've always wanted to go. But I'm going to have to take a loan out for several hundred thousand dollars just to put on the right suit to walk around those guys. Well, well you just keep. the Kings, guys, and there's a lot of money. A lot yeah. of money. That keep is working right. where you're working. You'll be okay. Oh, easy. <laughs> what are you going to do this afternoon, um, Jake? I just got off this morning from the fire station, so I think the backs of my eyelids are calling. Sleeping. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, a little, little afternoon nap. And then um, I like what Ned said. I want to see how our local guys do in this FCS playoff. Josh? Hmm. May take a nap today too. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I may put on baseball, but I'll, I'm sure I'll fall asleep if I do. It's going to be raining. Yeah, it's going to be raining. Yeah, crack a window. After <laughs> nap. I've got I've got too much stuff to do at home, so baseball is perfect. You have to get out graduation announcements today. Oh, nice. So yeah, all that's happening. Hey, congratulations and, on your graduation. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm finally graduating from elementary school. I'll uh, I'm going into the junior high next year, and awesome. uh, everything should you're be the great. Present day Billy Madison. Is that what you're telling us? Pretty much, pretty much. Well, I'm not. I'm not quite that bad. I'm not quite <laughs> that bad. All right, Ned. We'll see you next week. Make sure to join Ned each weekday morning. With Mike, the intern, he does his sportscast at 7.20 and 8.20. He also does it throughout the day. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it, Ned. Yes, sir, always. Jake, thanks for stepping in. Take care. We'll have you back next week. Can you be be here next week? Okay, Jake will be here next week. Josh, you won't be here next week. Stormy will be in. Unless you need me, I'll be here.
Yeah, he's Josh is, is kind of our relief pitcher I for am. the team. Just call I'm the Lee Smith the, of this out. Closer. Ned stands up and goes like this and then uh, hits his arm, and then in comes Josh, comes right. trotting in out of the bullpen. I'm only throwing about 92 these days. Logan Williams is in the studio with us today. Hi, Logan. He's in the background just, just going high, wearing his mask, being conscious. We'll see you next Sunday. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Download us as a podcast.